A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars. An IP taken over by an empire ran by a mouse. Ever-changing, developing and retelling. But where do our heroes find themselves? I'm Luke Ryan and your movie has just been briefly interrupted. From new movies to exclusive looks at upcoming TV shows, Star Wars Celebration 2023 outlined new content expanding the Star Wars universe. In today's episode, we're going to break down the new shows and movies that we are excited for, reflect on The Mandalorian Season 3 and The Book of Boba Fett. But first, let's delve into the lore with some tasty Star Wars theories. Now, theorizing... It's a crucial aspect of the Star Wars franchise. It gives new ideas to the movies that we've seen and different ways for us to consider it as we rewatch them. I'm going to throw a couple of um, theories your way and you can have a think about how plausible these theories are. Now, in the Star Wars universe, there are hundreds of theories, but I've picked uh, three or four that just make me a little bit happy. <laughs> that... Um, when I think about the Star Wars universe, really adds a lot of depth and hidden meaning to those movies. Uh, the first one I'm going to give you, which possibly may be confirmed, is R2-D2, that little space droid, is the narrator of the Star Wars saga. It makes sense. You know, he's the only one from 1 to 9 that has memory of all the actions. You would say if this theory is true, though, wouldn't he tell somebody that Anakin was Vader? Hmm, don't know. Theory number two, the Emperor planned to transfer his spirit to Luke in Return of the Jedi. Now that we've seen the sequel films and we knew what his plan was for Rey, that does make a bit of sense. You know, it does, however, throw all of this cloning story that we're seeing with the new uh, properties into question. You know, was that his backup plan? Although it is an interesting one to think about. Theory number three, and this one is my personal favorite. I would love to see this explored. And this is why I, I perhaps love the Phantom Menace. Jar Jar Binks, the annoying Jar Jar Binks, was actually a Sith Lord in hiding and that he was supposed to be the big reveal for Attack of the Clones. Now, we all know the backlash that Jar Jar experienced in The Phantom Menace, and we know that George Lucas did do somewhat of a change in direction. Uh, we've had the actor who played Jar Jar Binks, Arnim Best, uh, say that you know Jar Jar had more deeper meaning, that there was something that George wanted to do with him, he hasn't really gone into too much detail, but if you look at The Phantom Menace and some of the actions, the hand gestures, the different things that Jar Jar does, he was meant for more. You know, you don't do those sorts of things by accident. You know, it was CGI, so it was on purpose, and I would have loved for that to happen. And finally, the last one. Palpatine is Anakin's father. This one is kind of a tricky theory because there is some law to back it up. If you've read the, the novel from the Legends series, Darth Plagueis, 
in that it tells us that Palpatine and Plagueis uh, manipulated the Force to create a dark energy, and the balance of that was Anakin. So in a way he did. However, if you are to follow the comic books in the Darth Vader series, which apparently is canon, I don't particularly believe it is, but in that uh, comic book we see a panel where Darth Plagueis is directly manipulating Smee, which was Anakin's mother, uh, that he acted alone, and he acted somewhere from the future, it seemed. I don't particularly like that idea because I like the whole idea of balance in the Force, and the original theory of him and Plagueis uh, manipulating the Force and Anakin being the balance of it uh, really, really rings true to what George Lucas wanted to do with the Force. What are your favourite theories for Star Wars? There are just so many. Star Wars, it is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. We have so many properties coming out in the next few years, and the whole Star Wars timeline has been expanded and added on, and they're filling in some of the gaps. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the shows because I'm not excited about all of them. I'm going to talk about a few of them that really um, have got me thinking that would be good. Some of them I'm a bit questioning on. <laughs> the first one, I think every Star Wars fan's excited for Ahsoka. Uh, Ahsoka Tano was one of those characters that we have just loved from the get-go. The more we've seen her, especially when we saw her in Rebels and then The Mandalorian, we've just wanted more and more as her character deepens, her motivations build. And the fact that we're going to get Thrawn, the big bad villain, we're going to get some Anakin flashbacks, I've got my fingers crossed that we'll finally see some live-action clone trooper armor. That's what I wanted to see in Obi-Wan, but we didn't get there. So I think everyone can agree that Ahsoka is top of any Star Wars fans list. Next up for me is The Bad Batch Season 3. I think Season 2 of Bad Batch really started to deliver some goods. And I love the way that they're building on this... uh, Let me try and say it properly. The camp... Kaminoan, the cloning species, you know what I mean, how they're telling the story of what happened to them after the Clone Wars. And we're starting to see a build to how Palpatine got this technology. Next up, the Ray movie. Now, this is going to be happening 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. It's going to deal with Ray starting a new Jedi Order. A lot of fans are hoping this is going to provide some sort of redemption for these characters, in particular Finn, who was majorly underused in the sequels, um, so much so that the actor himself um, has spoken out about, you know, how he was told one thing and another thing happened. I'm very nervous about this. Um, film, I, I really like the character Ray. I hope they do more with her. Um, I hope they put a lot of effort into redeeming her and then therefore redeeming the sequel trilogies. I've seen a few screenshots of her pregnant. I'm not super happy about that. Um, 
I think for me, if they can move away from the fact that she's claimed to be Ray Skywalker, I will be happy. The moment she mentions that, I'm going to roll my eyes and, you know, you know, hi, I'm Ray Skywalker. No, no, you're not. Um, that's my big Star Wars pet peeve as a Star Wars fan, but yes. And then the last one, which, I mean, after Mandalorian Season 3, we are pumped for the Mandalorian movie, which is going to be headed up by Dave Filoni. Hopefully we're going to see some more on the cloning that Moth Gideon did. Uh, I'm going to talk about that when I talk about Mandalorian Season 3, but more of that, it seems to be building towards a Palpatine cloning as well. And we need to see more of Grogu's story. That was so awesome. Anyway, those are the shows I'm most excited at. There are a lot of others which uh, could be good. We just need to see more information. I really hope with all of these shows that come out, there's somebody who is at the helm making sure that the, the law and the canon is intact. And the canon for the original films in particular. We don't need these films messing with those. We want it to be one seamless um, series of movies that adds, expands, and brings value to this series and doesn't condescend the things that have already happened. Mandalorian Season 3 has just finished about two weeks ago. I thought it was a pretty good series. I mean, it was nowhere near as good as Season 2 and even Season 1. It was definitely the bottom of the three series. There were some episodes that were really great moving us forward. There were some episodes that seemed to go backwards. I would say that it felt like it wasn't, it didn't truly know where it wanted to get to in the end. It had a few different storylines that it wanted to play on, um, but it didn't build. You know, we had them wanting to reclaim Mandalore. We had Moth Gideon. We had the pirates. Uh, we had Grogu. And they all kind of happened at different points and finished at different points. Uh, I would say the last two or three episodes with Moth Gideon, I was super pumped to see him again. Loved the suit that he was in made from Beskar Armor. I thought it was really cool when he put the helmet on and you heard that signature seal that we associate with um, Kylo Ren's helmet. Also, the deepening of the voice really, you know, that was pre-Kylo Ren technology, that was. Um, I love the connection to Darth Vader with his armor. I really, it would have been great to see him earlier on, to have him have a battle earlier on, go away, come back again. Um, just to have him for those you know, one and a half episodes and the the silly decisions he made during those episodes. I was I was a bit disappointed. I love the Mandalorian in this. Uh, some of the fight scenes that were choreographed were the best we've seen yet. Uh, he was confident. He used all of his abilities as a, a fighter without relying so much on his weaponry. It was good to see. It was really good to delve more into the Mandalore uh, uh, lore and learn more about what happened to the planet. I will say I, I felt um, somewhat disappointed that they didn't delve deeper, that they touched on things that, we, you know, as a fan you were just super excited for, but then they didn't go any further. 
you know, having that sighting of the mythosaur, we wanted to know more. Nothing. Um, things like that. And then finally, I think Grogu's story was fantastic. And it was so good to see Arnim Best come back to get this redeeming moment as a Jedi who saves Grogu during Order 66. At the time when that happened, we were told there was going to be another scene, that there's more story. Um, this kind of ticks me off as a fan because executives do this a lot, where they say we're going to be getting more and we get nothing. You know, I wanted more. I could have got rid of a few of the other parts in the shows and give me more of that that scene and, and what happens there. It would have made me very happy. And then the finally, I want to talk about the cloning. It did feel towards the end of The Mandalorian Season 3 that we were building towards a cloning story, that they were going to be touching on how uh, the Emperor's scientists were able to clone people who were Force-sensitive. We didn't end up really getting a resolution with that. We we had the primary scientist or doctor, his mind was wiped. Uh, when We're kind of guessing why, that he had information. Um, we don't know what. Um, I was expecting to see some sort of reference to Snoke as being the first person who was cloned with Force abilities. We didn't get that. We got Moth Gideon being very narcissistic and focusing on himself. And he didn't really admit that he had isolated the force particle in the cloning. Um, it was kind of weird. You know, I think that's obviously a building block that they're going to build on for the movies and other series. But it was too much of a focal point to not do more with it. Overall, I think Mandalorian 3 was pretty good. Pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I watched a lot of the episodes with my six-year-old, and most of them were pretty easygoing. And so I really appreciated that, that I could share something with him. And finally, my re review of some of the Star Wars properties we've got out, I'm just going to briefly touch on the book of Boba Fett. Now, over the past few weeks, as stars do the comic convention rounds, we've had the star of Boba Fett, and I apologize, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name properly, uh, Tamanura Morrison. He's come out in a bit of a jokey way and talk about how, you know, the Mandalorian took center stage in the Book of Boba Fett, kind of overshadowed him, how he feels like the script didn't really portray the character in the right way. I think a lot of fans agree with him. You know, Boba Fett didn't really appear to be the Boba Fett that we liked of old. We wanted that bounty hunter. We wanted that ruthless person. We didn't want someone who was basically a police sheriff. And we also didn't want to be on Tatooine. I think if there's one thing that Star Wars executives can take away from that show is we're done with Tatooine. Get us off that damn desert planet. There are so many planets in the galaxy that we can explore that have greater depth. We need to be done with that planet. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the armor of uh, Boba Fett, but hang on. What's that? Oh, we have a caller on the board. Hello, caller. Welcome to Movie Interrupted. Look what has become of you. Oh, gee, fella. Take it easy. And what do you have? 
You sound right out of place. Why you come to this place? What do you mean? The new studio? I think it's, you know, it's looking pretty good. I've got some soundproofing on the wall, things like that. It's coming along. Oh, you have a purpose here. Well, hell yeah. We're making some quality content for our listeners out there. No. No? Look, man, I was rooting for you for your live action return, but, you know, those execs, they don't have the guts to do it. Lost. I am lost. Yeah, I know. I know you were. You were supposed to be in the sequels. You know, that was George's plan. So close, so close. Oh, I know, fella, I know. I can see him in my mind's eye. Kenobi. Kenobi! And he's gone. Hmm. Well, before we leave you for today, I'm going to give you my weekly recommendation. Sometimes movies don't capture what you see in your imagination. Star Wars fans are just so passionate and talented that some will create or improve scenes from these films. I've got two scenes I want you to check out on YouTube. The first one is a possible deleted scene from Rise of Skywalker. It's when Rey is battling Senator Palpatine, not Senator, Emperor Palpatine, and the lightning is going at her. In this scene, uh, someone has added all of the Force ghosts, including Anakin, which really redeems this scene. It um, renews the prophecy that Anakin was the one to destroy Palpatine. He just had Rey's help. Definitely check that out. It improves that scene. And finally, one of my most favorite scenes, it is called SC-38 Reimagined. It is the scene from A New Hope when Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight with their lightsabers. It is a truly amazingly choreographed and uh, CGI'd piece. It shows Obi-Wan and Vader meeting after so long. It is full of emotion. You see the rage of Vader. You see the cleverness of Obi-Wan. You hear all of the memories of the different conversations they've had and how they were once connected like brothers and now the anger that's left. Truly great. If I could watch A New Hope with that integrated in, I would be a happy Star Wars fan. You've been listening to Movie Interrupted, a Tum Drum podcast. Learn more about the show at instagram.com slash tumdrum and see the other podcasts available now. I'm Luke Ryan and thanks for listening.